Hello, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. This is episode number 699. I'm your host, Marcus Smith. Haven't said that for a while. We're nearly there. One more show. The 700th show. The 700th time I've picked up the mic is around the corner, and we pick up the mic for that show with someone very special, as we do today, as I interview my good friend who I've known for over 12 years, all connected through the fitness industry. She used to go by the name, well, originally she went by the name of Yasmin Salam, but then she became Pink Taxi Blogger. In our community, she just became Taxi. Then she moved to Pink Taxi Runner for a lot of what we speak about today. Her mission that she set out on, on the journey that she set out on, coming up to three years now, was to run every single street of Dubai. She explains to us in this show that there are many people around the world who are trying to run every single street of their city, which is an incredible challenge, very interesting as well, and would definitely make sure you see both the good and the bad sides. She's a mother of three. She's 50 years old. She has an amazing, amazing energy and an amazing, and this is what we spoke about at the end of the show, just as we were saying goodbye. She has an amazing amount of presence, something that I think a lot of us strive to do. And hopefully, from her messages in this show, maybe more of us will gain more presence and be able to stay in this great, great state of flow constantly. No matter where you are in the world, please rate and review my podcast. Oh, no, sorry. <coughs> check. Take two. No matter where you are in the world, please rate and review the Inner Fight podcast. No, check. Take three. No matter where you are in the world, thanks for tuning in. Let's jump into today's show. Welcome back to the show. I am excited. I'm always excited. I think I say at the start of every show. How do I introduce you? Do we go by Tink, Pink Taxi Lady? Do we go by, I know you as Yasmin. Thank you so much, sweetheart, for taking the time to talk to me. I'm excited. It's been a few years, Marcus. We have. It has been a few years. Even a decade. It has been a decade. How has it taken me a decade to, to get you sat in this chair and to have a conversation? Well, 10 years of training, of living and just showing no weakness, I guess. Exactly. That's, I mean, it, it's interesting because I think it was 2009 when we, when we first met. Yeah. And I always knew you were massively into fitness. Uh, not always. Not massively. Not, not massively. And we're going to go there as well. I was into Pilates then. Right. But everything we spoke about was fitness related. Where did, let's, let's kick it off from there. Where did your love, was it a love for fitness back then or where did your journey of fitness start? My parents always put us into sports, so I owe that to them. Yeah. I was a good swimmer and then they put us in the whole medley of ice skating and um, skiing and horseback riding and so I've done a whole re- karate. Karate kid? Yeah, I've done name ballet. <laughs> That's a sport. 
dancing is a sport. So I've done a whole array of sports, um, but I was I went through a period of being overweight as well. Right. So I had my own relationship with food. Uh, essentially, I was a very studious person, an intellectual, academic, until I got into sports and I realized that I could combine them for a better lifestyle. That's super interesting because a lot of people are somehow, I think almost by society, they're either academics or they're sports people. But you just said you could combine them. So how did you, how did you put, the, put the two together? How did you put sports and academia together and, and create some sort of balance? I think they both make me happy. Yeah. And I think that's the most important. Why? It's, some people say it's endorphins, first of all. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know all about that, right? Yeah. So perhaps it's the balance of moving and then reading. That combination of rest and re like recovery and training. Yeah. And it fits in perfectly, it, mm. I think. Let's go there well. because you love reading. Yes. And you also love writing. So yes, this is the I'm getting there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my next step. I mean and, and that goes to to really to what I was saying is that when when we first met, you, you kind of went by the name on Twitter, and these were the early days of Twitter, Pink Taxi Blogger. And I you had a blog. You had a blog and you spoke tell us tell us how all that started. My blog was um, there to, for, to express my feelings, my ideas, my opinions about the world. I think maybe it was a step before social media and I, mm. and I saw it coming. Yeah. And I really wanted to be out there to share my life stories without writing a book. That's so interesting, isn't it? Because it, it literally was, that was, I mean, social media was there, but it was like, that was the era like 2005 to 2010 when we saw a lot of blogs coming up. Yep. And then I think maybe from 2010 to, to, to 2020, we've seen a lot of blogs come up and then just die. But it because was... Because of the attention span. People yeah. don't have time to actually go read a blog. Yeah. So I'll express it on Twitter instead in short snippets. Yeah. What did you write about in the early days? Family, uh, politics, art. Or I'm really into art. Um, and then eventually, fitness. Yeah. And all my stories came out, my experiences one by one. And I think the last one is about being, becoming Pink Taxi Runner. <laughs> <laughs> You've given me a nice segue. But I want to I wanna understand a little bit more about writing because you said something like with, with social media, it's kind of moved into that. But there's this amazing way that we can express ourselves through writing things. And, that, and that's what you were able to do. Yeah, I have a PhD. Yeah. And I wrote a dissertation. I did some research uh, in law and diplomacy. Diplomacy being also a field of expression and yeah. of opinion and of being able to say things in a nice way. Yeah. And so I think I use that skill, but I also have a poetic side to me and a very dream um, and, um, how should I say, 
I sometimes lack focus in everything that I do, <laughs> including my sports. Really? Where I, I go on a dream and I forget to keep the pace or I stop for a photograph. But I've been able to fit that in, in yeah. a way where I, it's really harmonious, where yeah. I'm happy about training. So while I am competitive and I'm after my personal bests or uh, lifting heavy, I always know the right equilibrium, at least for me. That's my personality. Do you think we need to dream more? Or just dream enough and follow yeah. our dreams and everybody, a dream is a goal, right? Yeah. So that's the same thing. So if you have a goal, and in fact, my goals are not really about achieving yes. the goal, it's about training for the goal. So let's say I'm training for a race or an ultra yeah. race even. It's that whole six months that I spend building yeah. that make me a happier person. Not going to the event and actually doing it there yeah. or getting the medal or going through the finish line. It's all that training that leads to the goal, to the dream. It's an incredible amount of presence. It's an incredible amount of living in the, in, in the moment, in the now. And if the now takes you to, like you said, and, and, and we've seen it so many times, like halfway through a run, you'll, you'll, you'll just stop and who cares about what Garmin says or what I'm supposed to do. This is a great moment that I'm just going to have on my own, which I, re I, I think is completely unique in the world right now. I think you're one of a few people that do that. What do you reckon? Yes, I think that my motivation for actually going out there yeah. is to find the things that I do find on my runs yeah. and my discoveries mm. and also self-discoveries because mm. it's the experience that I felt when I ran in South Africa or when I ran in Athens. I mean, these are unique. Mm. And even if I repeat, let's say I've ran um, Geneva, which is my hometown, mm. three times, but each time, each experience is different. Mm. So there's also climate that changes things and everything affects you as a person before it affects you as an athlete. Mm. Let's jump into the running. You've mentioned it a few times. When we met you at Pink Taxi Blogger, you were into some fitness stuff, mainly Pilates. You've become, over the last 12 years since we've known each other, the pink taxi runner. Did you like running when you were younger? I couldn't run 500 meters. Why not? Because it hurt. I, I <laughs> Beautiful. Maybe I learned that I have to go through a threshold and, and go through the pain. Mm. before you reach the next level. And that's mm. something I've learned with the maturity. I'm um, a late bloomer. <laughs> I think I came into this yeah. um, maybe not with the youth or the energy of a 20-year-old. Mm. But when I came into fitness seriously, I was in my 40s. And, you know, 40s is the new 20s. And... Um, it it's, was really a lovely decade. But yes, you were also quite busy having three children. Let's give this a little bit of context. <laughs> like, you have three children, of which the oldest is 20. Yes. 
you know <laughs> it's 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 not uh, it's not a surprise shall we say that perhaps you're quite consumed from the age of 30 for for for, for a little yes. period of time shall we say yeah you know so so younger you don't run at all so how over the course of a decade and, and, and I'm really interested to dive a little bit deeper into kind of what journey you're on now because you're trying to achieve something quite unique and you've done a couple of things recently, but what moved you into that? Talk to us about that experience. You finish, you, I, I shouldn't really say you finish having the children because you always have the children. But I the, incorporated the children into my lifestyle. Let's talk about that. <laughs> my daughter became a triathlete and uh, I'm very proud of, of her. She actually ran a half marathon last year at the age of 15. Amazing. She set the goal when she was 13. She said, in two years, I'm gonna run a half marathon. Amazing. And she ran it during lockdown. Yes. That means we were training in the garage. Unbelievable. So we were running up the garage spiral. Yeah up and down and she trained and we got permission to go run in the streets of Dubai and she did 21 kilometers so Amazing. I'm very proud of her yeah so how did you mix the two you start you started running sort of more seriously let's say 10 years ago you still had young children Torab was just over 10 years old yeah. then mm -hmm. and and so how did you put it all together maybe it is because Torab became a golfer then right and it suddenly became all about being an athlete for my children as well as for myself. We grew up to, we grew together in yeah. that direction. Yeah. And then came Sirat and Mirwais. And Mirwais is a golfer as well. And I, I'm really proud of them and their achievements so far. Did you, did you want them to, did you want to be a mother who set an example by doing? Was that a deep motivation for, for, for fitness? I think I was a mother who was doing together with my kids. So unfortunately, you don't learn golf at age 40. <laughs> so <laughs> I did play golf and I yeah. played with you, Marcus. Yes, we played. That was fun. <laughs> but I'm still a handicap 36. And right. my kids, my son, uh, Torab is a scratch and Mirwais is a five. It's un incredible how they've developed as golfers. Yeah. So, so you were looking for initially... What to accompany them. Right. Instead of sitting and clapping. But they went to golf. You weren't that good at it. You went to running. Yeah. And or they haven't really come... <laughs> or I used to run early before I took them to school right. or took them to golf. And I kept fit enough to keep up with them. What impact did you see it having on them, your fitness and your dedication? I mean, they must have been waking up, where's mom? Oh, she's not here. She'll be back soon to take us to school. She comes back in, Dubai summer, dripping sweat. <laughs> exactly. Mom, you're sweating everywhere. Yeah, let's get to school sort of thing. Like, what, how did that go? I think they were proud, that's yeah. for sure. And they have always supported me and we've always said our mantra is show no weakness. My kids have the stickers of inner fight on their, on their bedroom doors, oh, really. Amazing. It's, uh, I mean, it's on the bumper of our car. Yeah. So um, it's become our lifestyle. And um, I think they could claim I'm crazy. Yeah. 
I mean, one challenge after another, I'm always challenging myself. You are. And right now, I don't even surprise them anymore. They're not <laughs> surprised. So I'm doing this project of running every single street in Dubai. Yeah. They don't ask me where I've been or which neighborhood I covered or yeah. how many streets. Because, they don't even look at my map anymore because it's just become the norm. Oh, yeah, mom, that's cool. <laughs> where have you been today? Alcoz Industrial yeah. Estate. Okay. Like everyone, anyone else that goes to Alcoz is like, why are you going there? No, I'm just going for a run. Exactly. They don't even ask anymore. Really? And by the way, my parents as well. <laughs> My parents worried at first, yeah. and so I didn't tell them about the Goggins challenge that I did because yeah. then they'd be calling me every 12 runs. Really? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, my parents live in Dubai yeah. and so they follow. They're me. incredibly fit and yeah. I see them often on the beach and they always wave. Daily. <laughs> it means you're not on the beach daily. <laughs> yeah. They're there more than I am. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's actually... Does that... Thinking about your, I mean, we, we spoke about you as a mother and, and your kids looking to you. You must look to your parents and go, that's kind of where I want to get to. Like, they're amazing, right? Yeah. They are full of vitality, energy. They're, they're young at heart. Yeah. And um, they're, they're, they keep going themselves. Yeah. And as well as on both sides of my family, I have uncles and aunts. Yes. On my paternal side, uh, they're golfers, so that's where the golf comes wow, from. Right. And on the maternal, from kite surfing to biking to rock climbing to skiing to I have, I mean, I'm the runner in the family and I'm right. happy that I'm the only marathoner so mm. far. But um, I have nephews who are, oh, my sister's a marathoner, I can't forget Amira. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you we think ran that's, New York together. Do you think that's part of your motivation because your whole family is in sport? Do you think there's a certain amount of pressure that you partake in a sport and excel in a sport? Do you ever feel that? No, no. We 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 don't feel pressured at all. We really? we encourage each other. We're always that's nice. yeah. Because it can get quite sure. almost maybe the motivations become for the wrong reason, right? If a sibling or, or someone within the family is doing something and we're always trying to outdo them. No, I'll give, for example, my brother Taymur, who's an mm. inner fighter mm. and who's progressed tremendously yeah, this year. Yeah, he's done like, very good. Really, yeah. he's one step ahead. And, you know, while I'm 50, um, he's 46, so he's not so young either. <laughs> I hope he's listening. <laughs> I hope he's listening because he used to tease me when I was 46. Really? As old, yeah. <laughs> but I'm super proud of his progress and of Talal yeah. as well. And um, we don't compete. We're, right. We just complement each we other. help each other. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Timo's done incredible in the last year, but I had to move the whole gym closer to his house to, to, to get him to come regularly, which is a, which is a whole other story. You mentioned it just before, you have a goal to run every street of Dubai. Mm -hmm. Tell us how that came around. So uh, this um, American athlete um, did it in uh, San Francisco. Right. And I decided, it took me a night. <laughs> because I love to run in different places, in different venues. Right. And I thought, let me sleep on it and maybe I can um, promise 
to run every single street in my Emirates because I love Dubai so much. And You've been here your whole life, basically. Yeah. Right. And in a way, people ask me, are you running for a charity? I would mm. love to run for a charity. I just don't know how to collect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same. Mate. I'm like so I'm really running as an expression of gratitude to my city, wow. to my Emirates, to tell them this is how much I love all of Dubai in its yeah. entirety, every community, wow. every street. When I get discouraged, I say, this is that person's home yeah. I'm running past. Wow. Give it some energy, give yeah. it some, because you're running past their, their office or you're running past a hospital or a yeah. school. Every street has a story in a way and it's my community. Mm. And I get attached to that and, and I get to know each, Part so well because I have to keep going back and covering and it's and in a way it's like a scientific project because it's <laughs> either done yeah. or not yeah yeah every street has to become purple and if there is a section that's white I have to go back and cover it how do you track it I have an app that's called city strides right and other people in the world do this this has become a trend and I think uh, 2,000 people are doing it, if not more, wow. I might be wrong, but they're doing it all over the world That's in different incredible. cities. And as a, now we've become our own group and we follow each other and encourage no each other. And also I, I took, I made it interesting because I go to Switzerland every year, yeah. every summer. So I said, hmm, you know, well, my app is going, it, it, keeps, it keeps track of all my movements on Garmin. Yeah. So this year I did many of the lakes of Switzerland, wow. every different lake all around the lakes. Wow. So I would take a train and go to a different lake to cover. So it becomes, it's um, Do you think it's an addiction? I thought you were going to say an obsession. <laughs> so, well, are you obsessed? Are you addicted? We could argue the whole day I, of the of the way which which is which but is it either of those i'm going to make an admission sometimes before i go to sleep i yeah. take a look at my next run yes even if it's not the next day yeah. so that i can get onto my pillow and dream about the street. about where i'm going to be running that thing. that's incredible so, so is I, it an addiction are you addicted yes to running yeah. yes have you fought any addiction in life before um, love, passion, yeah. um, academia, academia. I'm still addicted. Are you? <laughs> yes. Do you study a lot or I'm it's just reading? I'm an eternal student. Are you? And I'm a very good teacher. Amazing. I teach my nephews there. Yeah. I, I literally tutor them and especially during wow. this homeschooling. Yes. They all come to me and really? yeah, so. How does that work, having your auntie teach you? I'd be like, come on, mate, let's go outside <laughs> and play in the garden or something. They do that too. I really? lately took them for a run. Yeah. They were like, and they ask me when they want to <laughs> move away from the books. Yeah. They're like, auntie, can you show me where you're running on the map? No they ask me, not my kids. That's very yeah, cool. Yeah. So you started this project over three years. Three years. It's yeah. basically three years yeah. now. How many kilometers of the streets of Dubai have you covered? I don't know in kilometers, but it's roughly 40%. Right. And sometimes wow. that 40% goes, goes down. down because the streets increase. They're, wow. they're building more streets. 
You've run a lot of streets then. 40% in, 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 in three years is a lot. Talk to us about some of the communities that have perhaps, let's say, touched you a little bit. You've been here for, for a long part of your life, all of your life. Have certain communities made you feel a certain way? Have, talk us through some of, perhaps some of the experiences that you've had. Okay, so I've discovered new communities. Mm. Silicon Oasis, I love. Really? There's an, um, there are original buildings at every corner, these orange buildings, very avant-garde. Um, they also have lots of um, palms and they have uh, tracks. Wow. What impresses me about Dubai is you find a lot of venues like parks with tracks all around them. Mm. Uh, so I sometimes get soft ground. Uh, another place that I love is Awir. Really? And Awir is all desert. Mm. And yet it's gardens and it's uh, oases and, and um, it's algoth trees. And I mean, you know, you go out mm. there, right? Mm. Now, I'm restricted to Dubai, but I have Hatta, which is also the Emirate of Dubai. Yeah, so I go running in Hatta to cover the streets wow. there. I've done my discoveries. Um, I really like the Al Nahda area, which is near Sharjah. It's on the border of Dubai and Sharjah. Yeah, because it's quite Arab in yeah. its culture, so you lose the international aspect of Dubai mm. or the very modern aspect. And then, of course, there's the old Dubai, which is uh, on the creek. Yeah. And um, those um, little streets, I still have. I could go there a hundred times yes. and there's always one little street that I, haven't, something. Yeah. Yeah, that I haven't ran yet and uh, desert streets, uh, Al-Qudra, uh, I've gone all the way up to the, the um, sun, what is it called? Those sun... Um, solar park? The solar park. Wow. I've... Um, where else? Uh, Do you run, have you run many routes twice? I have to. Yeah. I have to because I've left some. I've left some, so then I go back to the. Right. So Al Asayil Road, for example, yes. is like it runs through the whole city. Yeah, it does. And in order to do Barsha, you have to keep running through Al Asayil. So I've done all of Al Asayil. Sometimes you see, I select it according to my run. So if yeah. I have a long run, yeah. I once ran from Al, uh, from Mall of the Emirates to Jabal Ali. Wow! And then I took the metro back. <laughs> Why didn't you run back? What's wrong with you? <laughs> because I didn't want to run the same. <laughs> no, because I decided that I would finish Al Asayil on that wow. on that day. Or and then one thing I have to remark: I run alone. Yes. And I run as a woman alone. This is. That was my next question. You That's run incredible. alone the whole time. I don't think I've, I've run with you a couple of times where, where, I, but generally I it see you. It was as a group. Yeah. We were, yeah. But I, I never really see you running with anyone. And Dubai is an incredibly safe city. And I think the fact that we're still sitting here three years later and you've run to all of these yeah. areas, you've literally run, you know, if we could put in this in industrial you've areas, run industrial areas, you've run uh, into workers, communities. Exactly. I, that's what I was going to say. Where into it's all, only men. Exactly. All different sexes, socio-demographics, the whole thing. I've run in where you have been, I'm sure, which is the camel farm. Yes. Where they're yeah. Only men. I mean, I mean when I run there, they look at me strange. Yes. So how's, how's that been? And how does it sit with you as a female 
alone running the streets of, 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 any, of this city, of any city. So I've mentioned that I study my route before. Yep. So I go with intelligence. I, right. know where I, I know what I'm going to do. I don't want to get lost. I have GPS. I always put my GPS back to the car so that right. I know to go back because yeah. one gets disoriented when you run, especially me with all the <laughs> <laughs> losing focus. I yeah. mean, I'll get disoriented. Um, and then I will always tell someone where I am. Mm. But essentially, I know how to dress according to the neighborhood. Right. So I'll wear long, uh, yeah. depending, and of course I wear colorful so that I can be seen because yeah. also safety is also cars. Yeah. And I, I run early in the morning. I mean, and also I always see police patrolling. Right. Always. I've always, many, many times. They stop you often? On occasion when I'm near a prison. <laughs> <laughs> because I have to run near the prisons really? as well. I run everywhere. And what do they say? They, and I tell them, I say, because I, I speak Arabic yeah. as well, so that's a passport. And I tell them, well, you know, I'm running, I'm trying to run every single street. And they're like so impressed. But they say, could you please turn around? Or this is a private road. Oh, really? And then also there are communities that are closed. I'm yes. closed. Yeah. They won't let me in no matter what. Yeah. So eventually, probably I'll narrow it down to asking on social media, does anybody live here so that so I can, get, I can in. get in? Really? Or sometimes I just run with the car that's yeah. <laughs> going in and I... Have you come into any sort of confrontation from people or not? No, no. Nothing? No. You've no. never been followed, you've never been harassed? Okay, if that's the uncomfortable <laughs> question. Uh, yes, it's natural that I, yeah. I have been harassed, but I'll run in the opposite direction, yeah. put my, put my uh, GPS back onto my car and get back in and go. And then next time I'll come with my boys or my brothers right. and I'll finish those streets. So you've been in situations where you felt a little bit scared. Yes, and namely in camel farms yeah. and not workers though. I think the further you get away from the city, yeah. the further these men are away from women. Yeah. So. That's my biggest fear, or would be my biggest fear. Not, not just because you're a woman, but I'd run out there as well. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's very, it's somehow quite, and let's not generalize, and, and we do live in quite a safe, safe city, that's not a disclaimer. There's certain areas that are, are not as safe, and mm -hmm. you know, Dubai does have crime in, in certain areas, and I think a, a young white female running in these areas is, is just not normal for these people. And yeah, that's why I'm, I'm not surprised there's been some, I can imagine there's been some interesting situations. But it's also the confidence that I hold on yes. when I'm running through there. Yeah. And, and often, by the way, I actually drive through my neighborhood before I go for the run so, so that I know where I'm going and I am not intimidated by yeah. anything. When you set out, did you set out with a, a, a vision that this will take me three years, seven years? Was there a goal? Is there a, a weekly sort of, you know, okay, I need to, I'm going to run 50K every week or, or 20K? What was your game plan going into it? Well, I started two years before 2020. Right. And 2020 was the expo. So right. I thought I'll finish <laughs> for the expo. <laughs> and here we are in 2021. Really? Yeah, and, and I've done 40%. 40 <laughs> you know, you can't, you wouldn't know how long it will take you until you actually 
do it. Yes. And now I'm looking out the window and I see more construction even from here. Yeah, Talal al Exactly. And more communities. So yeah. you know what? I, in a way, it's the process. Yeah. It's not you said really. This earlier. It's not really the goal of finishing. Yeah. And maybe I always say I'm saving the. Um, I'm saving the palm for the for last. Really? That I decided somehow I've done I had done Burj Khalifa and yeah. I had done Burj Al Arab and the the other icon would be Atlantis. So yeah. to run the palm or the a whole palm in one run, obviously it's not a difficult. Uh, it's feat. Uh, I've I've actually done each of the fronds on the palm. Yeah, that's 21k. I've, I used to do that, that one. Too. The the. The crescent is yeah. around 21, but the fronds I managed to get up to about 30 or something like that, yeah. which is quite interesting as well. For, for a few kilometers, it's interesting because you see all these nice cars and then there's more nice cars and big houses. <laughs> and then by kilometer 25, there's more nice cars and big houses. And it's like, tell <laughs> me about it in yeah. the communities yeah. <laughs> yeah. where the houses are all identical. Really? <laughs> street. So how do you, let's move to that. How do you occupy your mind? And this is probably one of the most common questions I get as, as, as a runner. And I'm always interested to hear what people have to say. How do you, you've spent a lot of time, you've run 40% of the streets of Dubai. What, how do you occupy your mind when you're running? One, I have music. Right. Um, two, I, as I said, I have the motivation, the yeah. human motivation, where I think maybe these houses are all the same, Yes. But these houses are people's homes. Right. And I'm running past their homes. This is their everyday. Yeah. And I'm talking, I'm not talking just the gated communities. I'm talking Al-Quz. I'm talking workers' accommodations. Yes. These are their homes. So I want to honor them right. with my smile and right. with my good vibes. And people run on treadmills. Yes. I see a different street yeah. every, every day. Yeah. Many different streets. So you feel and you're present, you're really present in, in every step that you're taking. Yeah, for sure. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it does get abstract sometimes yeah. because it's a long desert highway or yeah. something. Really. Yeah. But then you get into a different um, mental state and yeah. that's also nice. And also I run, I even run my intervals on yeah. my streets. Oh, really? I so don't do track anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I'll get you back to the track. <laughs> no track for me. One of, the, one of the questions that I've actually been asked a lot recently is, or, or been presumed a lot, and I was getting interviewed just earlier today, and, and, and someone said to me, a lot of endurance athletes are running away from emotional damage. Do you think that's true? Well... This is the first question, and I will honor the answer. I started running after I divorced. Right. Is it a coincidence? People do ask me. Yeah. But I think that perhaps when I divorced, I had more time for me. Right. And I'm not saying that married women don't run, but yeah. maybe my life was complete in a different way, yeah. and I just filled the void with something else. It could have yeah. been dancing at <laughs> clubs every night, you know? Uh, dancing and <laughs> drinking and all sorts of yeah, bad things, right? Or it, it could have been yoga. Yeah. But um, 
one thing led to another and I must credit you and mm. I must credit my inner fight team, mm. all the coaches mm. for, um, for taking me that way because I first started on the beach yeah. with you guys. We got out of a gym yeah. and into onto a beach track and the thought of running three kilometers? Yeah. I was always the last one coming. <laughs> and my kids were there, by the way, on day. I remember. I we still did. have the pictures. Yeah. My kids were running there too. And, mm. and so I got inspired and I asked you and I said, you had ran the marathon the year before. Mm, 2010. And from three kilometers, I didn't go into a half marathon. No. I went straight into a marathon. And I must mention, Neil, yeah, planners because course. he's been with me for eight years run coach yeah i mean he literally feeds me the avocados that i need before really? i go running he tells me when i have to rest yeah. because also runners don't, don't. want to rest <laughs> I mean, they don't want to recover after they've ran for their sure. their races and they you know this goggins challenge yeah. i had to take a one week rest you yeah. know so so i get support from all sides, really, you know? And I have to say, and this is my time to mention the community. Yeah. The Dubai fitness community yeah. is growing. Yes. And it's grown in a decade. Yeah, big time, right? Really. And it's supportive. And it's supportive. Yeah. I go to the races, I don't want to miss out on the Creek race yeah, or the sure. Russell Khaimah race mm. because of fear of missing out. Yeah. Because I want to be there and I want to, it's a party. I yeah. just want to go bump into people yeah. from my community and hear their stories in person rather than online all the time yeah. and have face to face running together. It's beautiful. And I, I really think it's the Dubai community and the vibe yeah. and my opportunity also to thank Hamdan, yeah. Fazad, the, the, the prince, the yeah. sheikh, yeah. who has infused this city with opportunities For and sure. events and venues yeah. and has he does it by example. He leads by example. Absolutely. And above him is his father. Yeah. His father, horseman, sportsmanship. Yeah. I mean, really, Dubai. I, Dubai might not be as artistic as um, as Abu Dhabi or as sure. cultural as yeah. Sharjah, as academic as Sharjah is, yeah. because I love every emirate. But Dubai is definitely the sports city definitely. of yeah. the region. Yeah, it is. Really is. So what started out potentially as a healing process, a new chapter of life, a new challenge, it wasn't one or the other, but it was a culmination of these things, has become something a lot bigger. What is it now? What is your running journey now? If you could describe it, why in 2021 do I run? I'm interested to see what that why is now. I was, I read uh, Haruki Murakami's book, all I ever You gave it to me as well. <laughs> when I think about running, right? Yeah. And that book was my Bible before I ran. Right. And I thought, what an original writer, because he's a writer before. Yeah. I mean, and then what an original writer to be sportive and to mm. be so passionate about running. Mm. I mean, he's a brilliant 
potential for a Nobel Prize. I for mean, sure, yeah. yeah. And yet he combines both. Yeah. And I think I found that. And when he wrote the book, I think he was my age or a little older. Wow. And he does talk about how he's aging and how marathons are becoming harder. And he's yeah. done the crazy marathons in, in uh, Japan where, yeah. you know, you run in circles yeah. for hours. And <laughs> he's done those challenges yeah. when I had not heard about. This was even before your 24-hour yeah, yeah, challenge. Yeah. And yeah. he was really ahead of his time because of his culture also. Yeah. You know, the Japanese are really into running. Yeah. And I think I, I could be proud enough to say that I've reached that level. Nice. And perhaps not as wise as he is, but I've done my reflecting. And I think I'll bring it together into something similar, mm. even more original, maybe. It's very powerful. It's very, because it, it's interesting, because I don't think the story's ended. I think the story is we're in a chapter, as we are in all of our lives. But I think it's from what you said there, the way that you'll bring it as well. I think it's, yeah, is a very interesting situation. And I don't think you'll ever be finished running the streets of Dubai, like you said. But I think the learnings of running the streets of Dubai and of this journey mm -hmm. are, it's just, it's just exciting. One thing that I think might have changed, though, over the last, definitely over the last three years and, and potentially over the last 10 years, is probably your ability to deal with life, be it the kids at school, now at university, ups, downs, challenges. Talk to us a little bit about that, what running's given you, tools that running's given you to deal with life in a better way. I would say it's given me the knowledge of endurance mm. and the definition of endurance yeah. that, that one prepares for something and one reaches for his goal, but it also takes a lot of hard work. And when you get to the start line, you have the apprehension and yet you have to have enough confidence to go through it. Mm and you know you're gonna battle through it, and you know it's hard, and you always say, if it wasn't hard, you wouldn't be here. Mm. And, and it's the lessons in life, you yeah. know? And I tell those to my kids when they face exams, when they have tournaments, that one step at a time, you must have endurance, you must have focus, because mm. I've, I've learned how to focus despite all the daydreaming, otherwise I wouldn't have the results I had and the exactly. progress that I've yeah. had. So um, I think those are my lessons. Yeah. And also, my kids always ask me, for how long will you keep running? And what I've learned is that with the help of my coaches, be it the strength training here yeah. or Neil, yeah. da Neil's daily, uh, supervision, I would say you just have to plan things properly, mm. do things wisely, mm. don't burn out, yeah. um, and work towards your goal in the sense that you have to be strong to run. So you can't mm. just go running and not go to the gym yeah, because you right. have to mix, yeah. you have to mix things in. And when I come to inner fight, when I'm you know, when they tell me to go run 400 <laughs> meters, that 400 meters is a challenge to me. Really? Because I have to combine it with everything else. <laughs> I have to, you know,
know, climb the rope yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. flip the tires. Yeah. And so it's that combination because 400 meters is a warm up for me. Yeah, on a, normally. On a regular yeah. day, right? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> I've got a couple more questions before, before we round up. Yes. One of them that I've been thinking about a lot is there's tough days. Talk, talk us through some of the, we, we've talked about a lot of the highs of, of your journey. Talk us through some of the more challenging parts, the days where it's not been easy. How have you got through those? Have you had times where you've thought, why the hell am I actually doing this? And how do you deal with it? I have to say, I don't call anything tough. I think every, I, I thank God every day, really, mm. because I have a good for me. Mm. And because I have a good, I try to help people who, have, who are less fortunate and, or assist or be of support. I, I always say that I have all these rays in my life and it's like mm. sunshine. Yeah. And I just enjoy them. Amazing. And that that's my that's my recipe for life i i can't complain so you talked about helping people it plays beautifully into my final question you've given us a lot of advice if you could wrap it up in one final closing piece of advice that is your best piece of advice to people what is it i would say definitely incorporate fitness into your life <laughs> Really? And fitness can be anything from a yoga to a Pilates to a sport like, a, uh, like football, like rugby, mm. like swimming, like skiing, like climbing. It, but incorporate it into your daily life and, and also find balance, eat well. I, for example, I don't have cheat days. Mm. I think that a little something won't harm me because most of the time I'm saying no. I, yeah. I, I play it safe. So, um, yeah, it, it's just to live in harmony and to, to be content with where you are mm. and to set goals that push you through a threshold. Mm. Because if you're going to, it's going to be painful, you're mm. going to get your blisters. I haven't had any blisters anymore because now my, my skin, my, my feet are rough mm. and they're used to it. And then also you learn the tricks of the trade, you know, mm. what, what, whatever you do, you know how to make your life easier. You know what you're going to like, you know what you, you need to eat before you go on a run or not to eat, or you know, you know what socks to wear. Or I've, I always tell my kids before they go on their golf tournament. Mm. Did you put your socks on properly? It starts with the details. If you put your sock on wrong to a tournament, you're gonna be a me messy player at, on the tee. Mm. You have to start, everything has preparation and everything has to be with a cool mind and, and even if you don't succeed, by the way, I've, I've tried, it was just an attempt to run comrades. Out mm. of 86 kilometers, I finished at 70. Mm. Out of the, the 56 kilometers of two oceans marathon, mm. I did um, 45. Mm. 
I mean, I, I literally had the ambulance behind me <laughs> making sure I was safe because I was yeah. the last one. Right. The last one to give up though. Wow. I didn't give up until I had to. Wow. So, you see, I'm here telling you about my failures in a way. Mm. I mean, I came back from South Africa twice with no medal. Mm. But those failures are my stories. Of course. And those are the ones that I remember before I go on to another one. Mm. Right. Incredible. I think that has to be the title of the podcast. Did you put your socks on properly? <laughs> <laughs> I really do. It's amazing. It was, it's, I should quote though, this is by All Blacks uh, coach. Mm. He, uh, he told his All Blacks team, the rugby yeah, team, yeah. and Rory McElroy was the one who read the book and told us to read it. So, oh, really? <laughs> so I quote on quote on quote. That's all good. All these legends. <laughs> we shall wrap it up there, Yasmin. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. There's, there's a lot to think about, I think, for a lot of people. But I love the way you just, you're present. And I think that's one thing that's missing. There's no pressure. There is pressure because there's a big goal, but you're present with it. It's going to get done. You're going to keep running. These bastards are going to keep building more streets, <laughs> you know. But you seem, it's just, you're, you're, you're constantly in this beautiful state of almost flow the whole time. And I think that's very difficult for a lot of us to get to. So thank you for that. Well, it's amazing. This is my opportunity to thank you as well. It's been a lovely 12 years, I think yeah. dozen of years. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the mantra, show no weakness, really, it hasn't just influenced me, but my entire family. Like my sure. parents wear I love, <laughs> the I love merchandise. That. It's and hilarious. It's really, so and I've sent it to my friends from South Africa to Amazing. Europe. There, It's really like, thank you. we wear it with pride. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks for talking to me.